It is Tuesday, October the 25th, 2022, Flyover Politics number 28, live here on the YouTubes, uh, flyoverpolitics.live or flyoverpolitics, if you type it on the YouTube, almost screwed it up again, Sean, but there you go. Uh, my name is Adam. I'm Sean. I was rusty. I forgot to do the usual introduction. Right. I apologize. It's been a while. It's, it's been, been a while. A, yeah. We've been busy. You're a dad. I'm a dad. We have jobs. Well, so I, the last time we, we were recording at a, at a blitz, we did, uh, like two or three shows and then kind of put them in the can and then we released a bunch of them. And then I also went on vacation and I actually released an episode while I was on vacation, but it was great because I was able to get everything done, upload it, time it and everything just kind of, I mean, I was just sipping out a beer and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot the shows online and stuff. So it was great. But after um, I got back from, I was in Colorado. Love that state. It's my favorite state outside of Iowa. Um, I was gonna say I know, but I mean I, I I love Iowa. But I mean, if I could live somewhere, Colorado is different. Yeah, it's just different vibe. I was yeah. sending pictures to Sean. I'm like, it's just it's just a different vibe out it's here. Just, it's just different. Yeah, different in a good way. But um, after I got back, I I got to tell you, dude, I got kind of burnt out on the Ukraine Russia stuff and the threats and every day waking up I've been I don't know about you but I've been going down rabbit holes of videos on Reddit and YouTube of guys wearing GoPros showing combat action and it's just like I got I got kind of burnt out on that stuff and then I got I mean I was still keeping notes I was like oh that would be good for the podcast to talk about that would be good I knew the midterms were coming up and as as of us recording this Midterms are two weeks away from the day that we're recording this on the 25th. Mm -hmm. So I know that was coming up. I know we won. I don't, I know we've, we've kind of briefly talked about the midterms. I think we had a discussion when the Roe v. Wade stuff went down and the thought process was that's going to be a, a driving factor for people to possibly go out and vote. Um, Cause we saw what was a Missouri recently, a couple months ago or a couple weeks ago. Where that was Kansas. on the ballot it was a camp. I'm sorry, Kansas, Kansas. It was on the ballot, and that surprised a lot of Republicans that people showed up. And then, but a lot of time has passed even since then, and that's kind of why I'm. I wanted to bring this up is that we haven't podcasted for about a month and a half, and in that month and a half, like a lot has changed. The economy is still in really, really rough shape. Um, the Biden administration are making some pretty powerful claims about reducing the deficit and then paying for things and then people coming back and saying well not really and then other people saying well actually this is what was instituted during the trump administration that was set to expire when the biden administration. and there's a lot of back and forth and there's it's kind of concerning to me sean when i listen to people who get paid to uh, monitor the economy and the stock market that all have differing opinions about why Things are happening the way they are right now, which is just terrifying. But long story short, I was just so burnt out. I was keeping notes, but I was like, I don't really have a dying need to talk about politics at this very moment. So let's just kind of chill for a little bit and then we'll come back strong when yeah. the midterms are coming up and we wait a little bit longer than we probably should have because they're in two weeks. But here we are. So Well, it's 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 part of you're you're right. There's a lot going on. And you, you got to take a break from it sometimes, mm -hmm. right? You got to take a break from ingesting it because you, you turn on the news, you look at the news, and it's just one fucker row after another. And you've got Putin threatening to use nukes in Ukraine, 
and an ambiguous response by the West as to what that would mean, possible escalation. And uh, here in America, you have a Supreme Court that has been co-opted by by uh, the conservatives of America, the Republican Party specifically, um, Heritage Foundation, um, and the Federalist Society, Federalist Society, and they're enacting the laws that the Republican Party couldn't get passed because they're so un- unpopular. They're grabbing power. They obfuscate everything, and it's difficult to follow. And everything's coming at you at a speed that is uh, difficult to understand, difficult to grasp. And before you can really dive into a subject, everybody's moved on. Yeah. And and so you get kind of the talking points thrown at you, and you get the rhetoric spewed towards you, and then. By the time you get done processing what just came your way, you're getting more spewed at you from another angle. Plus, you've got your own life on. Uh, yeah, it's hard to. I mean, it's difficult. I, I I would like to say I'm somebody like I have a kind of a wide variety of different YouTube channels, uh, like political wise, that I subscribe to and then I parachute into. But even like in even in like clip form, I'm like ah, there's like I can only listen to so many clips about you know, uh, the DOJ and here's why Ron DeSantis is scary. And here's why, uh, Democrats should stop using the term defund the police. And let's have a person call in on discord and tell you why. And I, I just, it's, I kind of like what you, there, there's just so much to digest. And then I got like people, uh, leaving these at my door. I have, Hey, this is why you should vote for Democrats because here's six things that they care about. And then I have Republicans coming to my door pretty much with four out of the six of these same things on their car too. And I, I can't, I can't, it just, and I, I know like in our state the most, especially during the, like the presidential elections, when we are about to get smacked with the Iowa caucus, like it's even worse. Like I can't really complain about midterm stuff. Um, Cause I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't really pay attention to midterm stuff until about 2006. Cause I couldn't really, I couldn't vote till about 2004 um and then 2006 was the first midterms where i was like where the, well this is interesting because uh george bush is still president but now a bunch of democrats are going to take over because that's how it swings and it's always shocking to me sean when i listen to political commentary try to pretend as if most incumbents don't face a backlash halfway through their term and people that are not on their side of the aisle become successful because it's very easy to fundraise off of, well, look at this person's doing and look at, look at the gas prices and look at the inflation and look, and it's just, they, there's a couple talking points that you can kind of toss in there. And then it's very easy to get elected off of that because kind of like you said, attention spans are small. People have busy lives and they're not going to digest news. Maybe the way that you and I do. Uh, and, and even you sound like you're kind of like, oof, I don't know if I want to be, you know, paying attention this much because it's kind of the ukraine russia stuff really depressing to pay attention to on top of everything else and yes yeah, it's, it's it gets to be a bit easy. much like i i get to a point where um i look for things that i can listen to or read or ingest that help me build my worldview or help me understand an ideology better right um, I've been listening to some podcasts about Marxism, about capitalism, about 
the foundations of capitalism. And I'm working more on like refining my ideology or understanding the people who have gone before and who have come before the founding fathers, the, the, you know, Marx, Lenin, Stalin, Mao, not to model myself after them, but to understand the thought that came from people who have tried this before. And some of them not pleasant characters, obviously, but that has helped me kind of see those things like see the performance of politicians and slough it off and be able to ignore it right because that is the bullshit that they try to use to bamboozle people but if i have my own ideology and i'm working on uh understanding better the worldview that i want or the the worldview that i want to build or 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 want to see i can very easily and very quickly look not very quickly um yeah actually very easily and very quickly look at what's in front of me and go this does not feed into my worldview or this is antithetical to my worldview and uh, almost everything that republicans do is antithetical to my worldview and most of what democrats do is r- antithetical to my worldview right it's in so it's easier for me to go and look at all that shit and go fuck that person i don't give a, <laughs> i honestly don't give a fuck what they say yeah because their actions or their worldview or the the reason detra the reason for being in politics is disgusting and i don't I don't need to really understand where they're coming from. Sure. I only need to really understand what they're doing and its implications on this country, the state, the region, the people who live around me and the people who live in the world, right? Um, I don't need to listen to a Republican on their stance on climate change because I already know it's fucking dumb. But what I do need to understand is what the if they're in power, what are the things that they're going to do? They're sure. Gonna frack the shit out of anything that has a drop of oil under it. They're going to log any uh, old growth forest they can get their hands on. They're going to poison streams. They're going to poison our water. <laughs> like, I, and then they're going to build an international. Uh, 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 consensus around allowing other countries to do that for our companies to export from those countries the wealth of those countries so that we can have the newest end table from Pottery Barn. Well, I, I feel at odds in this state the most because when I grew up, I mean, I obviously I, I, there, there was always going to be very conservative people in the state just by default where we live. There's just... It's a simpler life. There's a there's a lot of uh, you know farm. But there's a lot of people that live out on the outskirts on farms. Not, not by default though. Not by default. They're like, tra- the, but they're that's, traditionally that's buying into the urban rural divide that has been allowed to perpetuate. It wasn't like, always that way in people, Iowa. Yeah, but you guys think of the, like this region. This didn't always exist. It was that dynamic was built. Like it I've was talked about this on the podcast before when. The Great Depression happened. People had their farms taken away. 
far farmers like piled up tires on the road to the farm on the day it was going to auction and burned tires yeah and li- like intimidated people from bidding on the livestock in the barn and bought it for like pennies in the dollar and then deeded everything back over to the farmer that just lost everything right like there's solidarity in the state the there there has been there have been unions in the state for a long long time and uh i have been in like i've been working with and in acquaintance with family members with conservative people who would identify as republican who when they're talking about shows on tv have said like have you seen that show million dollar decks who needs that much money i have a million dollar deck yeah right like yeah the i like that feeling I know. is in people, right? Like that, that understanding of the world is in people. Like fucking, are you kidding me? A million dollars for a deck? And and here we are, and they can't buy a sprayer for their tractor to to fertilize their crops because it's so fucking expensive, right? And like, dry. It, it, right, it, and and that that like no one has made that connection politically for them that yeah. part of the reason you can't afford that sprayer is because somebody else wants to have you and all your neighbors can't have a hard time affording that sprayer is because somebody else wants a million dollar deck and that connection's not being made because the people in like democratic party majority of it and almost every person in the republican party agrees that that dynamic of extractive wealth is okay and what America should be. And they're beholden to those people who have million-dollar decks more than the million of people who can't afford the sprayer. But you'll see, you'll see it, though, driving the around here. Whatever sprayer is in their life. Right? We, live, we live in, what would you say, like the second most populous area of Iowa outside of kind of the Des Moines, Ankeny yeah. area. Yeah. And you'll see it, like, because I'll go down a highway and I'll see a save America vote for Ashley Henson giant sign. And then I'll go around the corner and I'll creep into the four hundred, five hundred thousand dollar house range. And I'll see a Liz Mathis sign. And then I'll go backwards and I'll go down the other road by the country roads. And I'll see Kim Reynolds, Ashley Henson, Kim Reynolds, Chuck Grassley, Kim Reynolds. And then I'll deviate back into the, to the other neighborhood. And I'll see a couple Liz Mathis. Signs. <laughs> I'm like, there's, there's a, there's a divide and there's a, there's a clear divide in this state. And it's, it's never been more prominent, at least in my lifetime, than it has been right now, where you yeah. would see a general consensus of like, yes, there's going to be Republicans, there's going to be Democrats, but the candidates have to be pretty decent to get you to come out and vote. And now I'm noticing is, nope, if you have a D or an R, I'm voting for you. And it's very obvious in, in the talking points, it's very obvious in fixating and fundraising off of social issues. I will talk to people that didn't give a shit about politics 20 years ago that now have a little bit more money in their bank account. And they look at me and they go, I can't imagine voting for a Democrat right now. Do you see what those Democrats are doing? Do you see those things that they're saying about? And, but, it's, but, I, but I'm, not hearing, I'm not hearing policy. I'm not hearing solutions. I'm hearing, this is what they told me the Democrats are doing, so I'm not mm-hmm. going to vote for them. And you never, that is the one thing you don't hear a lot of from, and I, I even kind of challenge them. I go, okay, so what do the Republicans plan to do about that? Oh, I don't know. I just know that I don't like what the Democrats are doing. And there's really no solution. There, you can't make That's, money, you can't fundraise yeah. off of solution 
with conservatism. Like, like that's the one kind of easy thing about being conservative right now is that you don't really have to have a solution. You can just throw rocks. And I know Democrats can throw rocks too, because mm-hmm. they can also yeah, negative partisanship. It's all about making your people hate the other people. Exactly. And so I don't, and I, for you. I'm trying to be careful how I say this because I know there's going to be somebody listening that says, what are you pretending like that? Cause yes, Democrats were fundraising off of Roe v. Wade when they could have codified it uh, a decade ago. And now they're going, Hey, just in case you didn't know, you better help us try to raise some money for this Roe v. Wade stuff. Cause those evil Republicans are coming for it now. And it's, it's like this on both sides, but I don't hear a lot of solutions from people that are super, super right wing. They just want to throw rocks and tell you how bad shit is and why you shouldn't support it. And you that that's okay, but then you have to go, okay, so this is what we plan to do if we get into power. And you're not hearing a lot of that. And that's that's just that's a frustration. Their ideas are incredibly unpopular. I, and that's like, one thing I was gonna bring up like the Medicare, like Well, the uh the abortion thing. Social security that that's definitely well so the reason i brought up the abortion thing was i thought that was going to be like a thing for the midterms and i this this came out uh the other day this was on kcrg that a majority of iowans um this is just in iowa it said about 61 percent, according to a des moines register media poll, uh think that abortion should be legal in most if not all cases and that's just in the state of iowa um you're seeing nationally it's it may it might be a little bit less th- well i don't know i thought wasn't it like 70 percent nationally for the for abortion or a majority of americans pretty much universally support abortion rights yes. Yes. but yes and and that's where i thought the uprising was going to be like oh fuck and then people were that maybe probably wouldn't vote in the midterms like they're expecting record turnout for the midterms uh in two weeks and there already has been record with absentee yeah early voting and mailing yeah. absentee yeah. but i kind of thought that was going to be a thing and now we're seeing a shift to people going, yeah, that abortion stuff is really frustrating, but the economy and I have issues with what's going on with inflation and with gas prices. And when you're also there, there's, there's a, a point when you can't just completely ignore what the voting populace is saying. Like you can listen to the frustration, but then you can't be like, hold on a second. Things are going to get better. And it hasn't been very good for at least two years now. Um, and it wasn't great during the Trump administration. Like, don't pretend like that's the other thing that's really silly too. Trump was criticizing the Obama administration for touting economic growth after he dealt with his own economic downturn and then turned around and touted those same exact numbers and was using the term, the greatest economy in the history of this country. And I listened to people repeat that like it's a thing and like it's true. So then when someone else takes power that same kind of rhetoric comes back around and the Biden administration is doing their own little spin job right now, talking about reducing the deficit, but they're kind of ignoring a lot of the other spending stuff. And I was looking at this article that was going, listen, they can't be quite blamed for everything with inflation, but they have to hold some water on some of these other things. And they're not doing that and they can't ignore it and hope it goes away. And it's not shocking that Democrats would lose seats in the midterm because it generally happens uh in these kinds of situations and we could look at some of the polling but the general thought process is that they will most likely democrats will most likely hold the senate and will lose the house i don't know how big they're going to lose the house but they're definitely going to lose the house it feels like there was there was a moment where they were like uh with this roe v wade stuff maybe not but now it's looking like it's going to be pretty much a home run for the republicans for the house unless something drastically changes over the course of the next two weeks
Um, but there was, I just, like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, sorry. I, you can go I'm, ahead. I'm, I'm torn on the economy thing because w- what you mentioned earlier about economists, one economist says this, one economist says that, one economist says yeah. that. That's a bunch of economists pretending like what they do is a science, right? Like if you mix baking soda and vinegar, you get the little volcano thing. Like that's science. Like there's a chemical reaction that produces a the fizz, right? Yeah. The volcano. Econ- economics is not a science. It's a bunch of people interpreting all the levers and a bunch of fucking guesses and saying it's a science. It's not a fucking science. And we've allowed millionaires and billionaires to control our economy for far too long. And it's easy as fuck to point to corporate profits mm-hmm. and go, there's inflation. Yeah. That's it right there. And Joe Biden and the Democrats won't dig themselves out of the fucking hole by going, that's that's the inflation. We Look, 10 years ago, oil was $84.50 a barrel and gas was a buck 99. Now it's $84.50 a barrel and gas is 387 or 420 or whatever it is. Why? Why? Well, fuck, I'll tell you. Because oil companies have been raking it in. Like chip manufacturers have been raking it in. And they've been blaming COVID. They've been wanting to raise prices for forever. You can look at corporate profits. Fucking they have exploded. So what do you it think about with shipping companies? It started with the shipping companies. Yeah, shipping shit over here from China because all that shipping got backed up and then they were gouging and then everybody got gouged with their stuff on the ship having to ship it over here and they were like, fuck it, I'm going to raise my prices. Then everybody started raising their prices and they realized, fuck it, who's going to stop us? Who's going to stop us? We own the politicians who should ostensibly be stopping us. Lena Khan is one person in the uh, Biden administration who is act, who gives a fuck about antitrust and there's nobody there like the antitrust group within the DOJ is woefully underfunded and you've got these massive fucking companies who own god knows like everything and they have more lawyers than the DOJ does and the the judges who would be the ones going in front of to pursue antitrust are a lot of them, Trump appointed judges. You got to appoint a fuckload of judges. And if it goes up to the Supreme Court, they're going to shoot down whatever the fuck it is that the DOJ wants to do and let corporations do whatever they can, wherever so, they want. So this is where so, it, this is where it's getting interesting, though, is that the GOP can kind of control, um, they can kind of control the narrative, though, that, yes, all this can kind of be, you know, taking place in the background with corporate profits, but they can also control the narrative and say, look, you know, which is, by the way, completely hilarious to me that there's, and I wanted to get to this, there's over a hundred people running for office that are on the ballot in two weeks that deny that Joe Biden is actually the president, but then they want to blame everything going on with our economy on Joe Biden and his administration, even though he's not really the president, but he's supposed to be taking blame for something. It's very, the it's very bizarre, very strange to watch, but, um, I've been, you know, I, I try to do my best to like, listen, okay, like, okay, let me hear how people are interpreting this a couple weeks after the midterms. Um, 
And there was a clip I saw. There's a there's a show they used to host a show in the hill, and then they got brought over and they do a show called Counterpoints, um, which is like an offshoot of another show called Breaking Points. Um, Ryan and Emily they used they used to be on the hill and they were looking at this tweet about um, in the inflation topic being like a, a now granted it's polls and I know I think the I think the top comment on this YouTube channel literally mocks polls and I've. I've kind of mocked polls too because, like, you remember how strong the polls had it for Hillary mm-hmm. in 2016. They were really, really wrong. And I've taken part in political polling. It's not exactly science. You're not talking to a lot. You're talking to maybe 5,000 people. And I don't even know who's really. I mean, when I was doing it, you know, people were still answering the phone. This was like just as smartphones were. St- I mean, that's how yeah. old I am. I feel really, you know, old saying that, but. The technology the has changed. Like, yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah, it's. Vi- I mean, I get like I, I get like little pol- house phone. Hello, is there? I was the called landlines too. Yeah, between the ages of eighteen and fifty in the house. It's oh, just God, it's a different world compared to where it was even twenty years ago. But yeah. this clip is is kind of highlighting a tweet saying, "Listen, we know these things are going on in the background, like what you said, Sean, but they're still controlling the narrative." Uh, and, and this is what, what they said. Get here. out and vote for you. And so actually, wait, hold on. I need you to listen to this because that might be helpful. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to play a clip and Sean can't even fucking listen to what I'm playing here. That's all um, right. So this is a clip from, let me see if I can get this switched. I over. like, I like Ryan Grimm. Yeah, I do He's too. A, I like, I like him. He's a, a pretty good journalist. He really gets into the details on what he knows. Um, and he really tries to understand the subjects that he covers. So I, I, I dig the guy. Okay. So Ryan Grimm uh, was on the Hill, and now he's doing this show uh, called Counterpoints. And this is them. I think, can you see this now, Sean, on my screen? Possibly. No? I can see it, yeah. Okay. All right. Let me know if you can uh, give me a thumbs up if you can uh, hear this when I play it. So this is A2. I want to put that up. This is a tweet from Tom, Be- Tom Bevan of Real Clear Politics. I think it's actually a really helpful perspective. So he's quote tweeting the New York Times issue and saying, the economy remained a far more potent issue than abortion. And Tom adds, this has been clear in the data for months. And I that is true. Um, but there was a lot of conversation over the course of the summer about how Dobbs was going to tank Republicans in the midterms. And not only Democrats were buying into that. There were a lot of Republicans, even establishment Republicans, especially after what happened in Kansas, who were freaking out and saying this could be a route for us. Instead of it being a route for Democrats, we could just get absolutely just hammered at the mm. polls this fall because all of these uh, suburban women, independent voters are going to, our, our candidates are all going to be turned into Todd Aiken, basically. If you remember the war on women, it was yeah. very, very much uh, channeling the frustration of establishment Republicans at the conservative movement um, and the conservative base. Although, to me, even the most optimistic Democrats, uh, Tom Bonier, who's the CEO of Target Smart, which is a Democratic data firm, who he wrote the kind of widely circulated op-ed in the New York Times about the surge in women's voter registration yeah. uh, after uh, Kansas. Like, I interviewed him uh, for my podcast, and, and he, even he said, he's like, I'd say the House is in play. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's within reach. Which like, is a big difference. E- even he wouldn't say that, like, they're favored. He right, so right, even, right. even he, at, his, at the height of his optimism, was saying that he thought that Republicans were still favored to win the House. He, yesterday, he pointed out, he's, he said, look, if you believe every single poll, every individual poll that comes out, then today you have to believe that there's no gender gap because the New York Times Siena poll finds zero gender gap between men and women 
when it comes to who they want to control Congress. And nobody believes that that's true. Well, uh, you know, uh, and they go a little bit deeper than that. I just wanted to play that little clip since we were both kind of talking about that. But the general consensus were like, OK, Republicans are just it's going to it's going to be a red wave. They're going to destroy Democrats. And then the abortion thing hit a couple months ago. And then we had the thing in Kansas. And then there, I mean, there, there's a lot of races that are closer that I thought um, I'm not paying attention to every single, you know, house race in every state, but some of the more, you know, high profile ones are a little bit closer than I thought. And we'll get into some of the ones in Iowa, but this is definitely, I mean, we can't be like totally shocked that this is going to be part of the ballot. Like I think some people were, I, I was maybe being a little too optimistic and thinking the abortion thing was going to change things a little bit, but people don't really, I mean, it definitely upsets people, but if gas prices are still where they're at, inflation's looming, you know, the economy is much more important than even the abortion stuff, apparently, unless these polls are just completely, you know, inaccurate and way off. Um, I mean, that's kind of the vibe is that that's the direction it's probably going to go. Maybe not so much in the Senate, but definitely in the House. And then you're what what I'm what I'm really not looking forward to is the kind of the games that we're going to get now of this like back and forth in the house where we had a lot of, you know, let's, let's, um, you know, there, there was a lot of focus on, on Donald Trump while he was president, uh, in the house. And now that Joe Biden's president, you know, that's going to, they're going to, okay, let's focus on Joe Biden. Now let's see if we can impeach Joe Biden. Let's come up with something that, that we could write up and, and, and get past. And obviously it's going to die in the Senate the way it died in the Senate for the Democrats, you know, but that's going to be kind of the new norm, which I'm not, I'm not looking forward to that stuff. And then, and then in two more years, we get a general election and then there's going to be more fundraising off of that stuff. But I think people kind of underestimated the economy a bit and um, it's still kind of in flux and it's going to be an issue. It sounds like maybe not, but we'll find out in two weeks. We'll, We'll see. I also feel like it's, I also feel like there's a lot in mainstream media that is just hammering on the economy hammering on the economy and to the detriment of anything else in American politics, right? Like, and when they talk about the economy, they're talking about the stock market Yeah, and like less than 10% of people own more than 80% of the stocks. So the barometer that people are using is fucked. And the housing and, market. Don't forget about the housing market. And the, That's struggling. And the housing market. You're yeah. right. The ho- and, and the housing market is being fucked by the Fed raising interest rates because we have inflation being caused by corporations just fucking taking more money. Yeah. And so when you'd have a media that won't explain that corporations are just jacking up prices, Congress won't do anything about it. The Biden administration can't really do a lot about it. And the Fed has one tool, interest rates. Yeah. And the Fed has chosen, chosen to discipline labor. Yep. And discipline, discipline Americans, not the ones who are fucking over the economy, the ones who have to use the economy to feed themselves and their kids and, you know, get basic right basic fucking needs done um the fed is utilizing interest rates to discipline labor to get me and you to stop spending so much money on things so that corporations don't have that income Mm -hmm. so eventually they have to lower their prices hopefully 
And it's all just a fucking dumbass, vicious cycle. And the problem is there's no, there's, there isn't a media apparatus that will go in depth on explaining that to the American people. All they do is go, inflation, rising, Biden, not doing much. Well, one person is trying to do something. After this, your boy Bernie's trying to do something. He's hitting the, the, the trail, which dude, what a, what a selfless individual this guy is. I mean, he has, I mean, really truthfully has absolutely no reason to do this, but he still does it. Um, for how many times he has he's, all the reason in the world. He's Bernie fucking Sanders. But I mean, I'm talking that's about the way, does. the way, I mean, that's kind of the thing is it's a very selfless act that the Democrats have treated yeah. him very, very badly, um, multiple different occasions. And yet he'll still go out and kind of stump for them because even, yeah. even he may not truly love the Democrats either, but he knows, Hey, this is my only shot to actually get these things to possibly even take place. And even that's a pos that's a, even a maybe he's hoping not he's, I mean, there's a lot of times where a lot of the stuff that he was, even the campaign he came here in Iowa that you were listening to, a lot of that stuff didn't even happen. Um, but he was hopeful the, that it would the, happen. That's, that's, that goes back to my earlier comment about like having an ideology, right? And, and pursuing your ideology come what may. And Bernie Sanders is pursuing his ideology and building his ideology and instilling it in others come what may and using the tools that he's got. And his his so, point right now is he thinks that the Democratic Party is losing the working class, that they're yeah, just that they're they just walking away from the party. Uh, yep. Did you want to listen to what he said on CNN? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So yeah. this was uh, they are they're fucking up real bad. Yeah. So this is uh, let me get this up here on the screen. So this is Bernie on CNN. I don't know exactly when um, this took place, but let me see if I can get her to pop up here. Um, and they're losing rural Americans. So this goes back to earlier. They're yes, losing- that too. Rural America, they're seeding rural America. Yes. And they're seeding the working class. All right, let's hear what he had to say. Well, Jake, first of all, I happen to believe that the Supreme Court decision overturning Roe versus Wade is an absolute outrage. I think Democrats have got to fight to make sure that it is women who control their own bodies, not the government. So I think this is a very important issue. But I don't believe it can be the only issue. Uh, at a time when we have an economy, in which the wealthiest people, the billionaire class, are getting much, much richer while working people are struggling to put food on the table, it goes without saying that we have got to focus on the economy and demand that we have a government that works for all of us and not just wealthy campaign contributors. And the irony here is Republicans say, you know, they talk about the economy. Really, not one of them is going to vote to raise the minimum wage to a living wage. Not one of them is going to vote for legislation that makes it easier for workers to join unions. Mm -hmm. Not one of them is going to vote to do what every other major country on earth does and guarantee health care for all people, nor will they vote to raise taxes on billionaires at a time when the richest people in this country, in some cases, pay nothing in federal income tax. So So I happen to think the Republican line is phony and Democrats have got to respond. There is a reason why Bernie Sanders continues to be the most popular prominent Democrat. And there were just new approval ratings that came out that proved that. This is from Breaking Point, so I don't want to rip on Crystal and Saga here too much, but um, I'll let them do the do the spiel. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting that that is, you know, he's he's not totally off in saying that. Um, I think he's at, at, he's very he's he's right. Um, it's. 
that that's kind of been a, a threat maybe, or even a fear, or I, I don't know how you'd want to put it, but that they're going to lose working class voters and that they've been, I, I don't know if they've been losing them at a rapid pace, but it's definitely, it's changing. Uh, Cause there's a, there's a subset like, like you would be, I wouldn't even really put you in the democratic party. You're a progressive and a subset of its own kind of different ideology, but you would tend to vote more for a Democrat than you would ever Republican. Um, and I think that's kind of what he was maybe focusing on a little bit with what he was saying and that people that may have traditionally voted Democrat or maybe have gone away from the party are seeing, I don't know, just the, the, the messaging is just always, this, this is what always frustrates me. The messaging on the Democrats are absolutely shitty and the messaging on the Republicans are equally shitty but they know how to tap into anger better than the Democrats do. And that prompts people to want to come out and vote as anger and, and it, fear and fear. And it works. And that, that's, that's the, that's what politics is right now. It is. And, and for a long time has been the, the, what Bernie does is try to educate and instill a new ideology or, or share a new way to think about the world or in my Estimation. excuse me, properly point the finger at the people who are perpetrating this on America. And the party's system, the party system, both of the Democrats and the Republicans, works best off of negative partisanship because neither of those parties serve the American people. Yeah. Flat, like, honestly, like they're their main focus is not the American people. <clears throat> and as much as Republicans want to say they're pro-working class, no. They're pro-whoever your fucking boss is. And, <laughs> and really, actually, they're more pro-whoever the owner of the company is that you work for. Democrats are pro-work, like, owner of the company you work for, but they're more pro-your boss, right? Mm-hmm. Now and again, they'll throw a bone to unions, but they could have done card check. They fucking didn't. Card check being an easier way to form a union. You fucking throw your card in a hat. If there's enough of them, like, you know, you have a union. It's far, like, that's oversimplification of it, but generally, they could have made it easier to form a union, and they haven't. Still difficult. Why? Because they're still beholden to donors, uh, and so are Republicans. And time and time again, when people are faced with a new administration and new Congress, House changes hands, Senate changes hands. Yeah, ping pong game. The flavor slightly changes of what they're shoving down your throat. Yeah. Right? And that's, that's part of the problem. And, and it's really, really difficult to get a full grasp on what people like Bernie are saying because it challenges everything that you're getting shoved down your throat. Have you, uh, have you heard this term recently that I've been hearing from the GOP is that, um, the it's called chaos is the strategy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, not, not strictly from the GOP, but I've heard that. So Steve Bannon kind of, Steve Bannon, yeah, Steve kind of is the creator of this, of the strategy. Um, and it's been kind of followed, even though he's going to be serving some uh, some jail time, if I'm not mistaken, or he just got charged recently. 
Um, and four months. Yes, four, four months. months. And then like a hundred thousand dollar fine or something like that. Not not terribly large. And there's actually audio of him kind of talking about this. Um, and I there so there's a clip. I, I was gonna play a clip um, where they were they were talking about this on uh, Bill Maher's show. But there's actually I, if I, if I was smart, I've would have got the other clip. I'll dial that one up too. But it's it's um it was Steve Bannon. It was leaked audio. Uh, actually, why don't we let me play that first, just because I think that gives a little context and to what gonna... to what uh, and and this is this has nothing to do with the midterms. This was him talking about the 2020 election of what mm-hmm. of what the strategy was and where they kind well, of see the Chinese investors or the Chinese folks. I saw that. Is that, is that what it was? Well, no, this this so this was more focused. Oh, you just show it to me. Go ahead. I'll just show it to you. <laughs> just quit but, fucking guess. I'll I mean, quit guessing what you're about to show. No, this this one's was a little different. This was right around the time of the the uh, 2020 election, and he was basically and and it's not. I I don't want to act like this is like brand new information. There was moments where Trump was saying this on the campaign trail of like, well, if I lose, then then it's you, you'll know it was a sham, and they were stealing the election. So he was already kind of planting the seed but this is the leaked audio um of steve bannon before the election of kind of what the the strategy says and what's great is they put the the text up on the screen so here we go here's the the full audio here and what trump's going to do is just declare victory right he's going to declare victory but that doesn't mean he's the winner he's just going to say he's the winner says leaked audio before election day the democrats more of our people vote early that count, theirs voted mail. And so they're gonna have a natural disadvantage and Trump's gonna take advantage of it. That's our strategy, he's gonna clear himself a winner. So when you wake up Wednesday morning, it's gonna be a firestorm. We're gonna have Antifa crazy, the media crazy, the courts are crazy, and Trump's gonna be sitting there mocking, tweeting shit out, you lose. <laughs> I'm the winner, I'm the king. And he'll be all over. He'll be he'll be going. Where's Hunter? Is Hunter on a crack pipe? I mean, no. He'll be because then it doesn't matter. Remember, here's the thing. After then, Trump never has to go to a voter again. He's gonna fire Ray, the FBI director, and fire the CIA. Say fuck you. How about that? Because he's never gonna. He's he's done his last election. Oh, he's gonna be off the chain. He's gonna be crazy. Also, also, if Trump is if Trump is losing by ten or eleven o'clock at night, it's gonna be even crazier. No, because he's going to sit right there and say they stole it. I'm I'm directing the attorney general Mm -hmm. to shut down all ballot places in all 50 states. It's going to be no. He's not going out easy. If if Biden's winning, Trump is going to do some crazy shit. And he basically was just kind of laying out like, this is what we're going to do. And that's exactly what happened. The... Uh, all the states, all the delays came in, and that's exactly what Trump did. And they stuck to the plan, and 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 now we have. And I'm I w- I'm going to dive into that here a little bit. But there's over a hundred people running on the ballot in two weeks that are election deniers. And there's even people locally in our state, and even locally in our own county, Sean, that I will be focusing on a little bit later this evening that are pushing this agenda. Um, but the, but the other thing I wanted to play was the loosely based off of the strategy of Steve Bannon. The 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 whole uh, connotation of chaos is going to be the strategy and that if you thought shit got bad uh, two years ago, just wait till the midterms and then wait till 2024. And this is the conversation that they had on uh, Real Time with Bill Maher about this, about how this has been kind of creeping into the narrative a little bit and, and what we might be seeing here pretty soon. All of us who have ever reported on or lived in uh, or studied 
the history of or the present of authoritarian regimes and how they start and how they grow roots and entrench themselves knew and recognized this flavor of leader. And it was very clear from the outset that this very well might be, if the systems didn't, if the institutions didn't hold, that this very well might be one man or one person, one vote, one time. That this kind of man, once he's in office, does not leave voluntarily. That was very clear. And those of us who had seen this movie before, many, many times, right. were saying this from the beginning, were leaning on the alarm, and we were all called hysterical and uh, alarmist by people, mostly older white people, who said, oh, but we're different and we have institutions and blah, blah, blah. But institutions, as Mitch McConnell knows very well, are just buildings with people in them. And it very much depends what kind of people you shove into those buildings. Well, here's what we're shoving in. There's 118 people on the ballot, Republicans, who are election deniers. And I read they have a 95% chance of winning these 118. It'll so be, say it'll it's be a, interesting if they will question their own election. Will they doubt the result of their election if they win? I can answer win? that. No. <laughs> Why? I know it's puzzling. Uh, yeah, yeah, we can work on that. No, but that means, say, 100 out of the 118 win. That, mean, that means there will be 100 people in Congress who don't think the president is legitimate president. and didn't really win. That's an astounding departure from anything that I know of that's ever happened in America before. Even, I don't know, John, you're the, you're the historian, but... Did even, you... even, even Franklin Pierce, yeah. No, I... The... The key thing. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yes. That was for you. Obviously. That was for you. Um, that's, that's the beginning of the end of the constitutional order. Because the constitutional order requires, as Julia said, it requires character. And the character of the leaders is vital, but the characters of the led, too. Because leaders both mirror and make reality, the, the fe feelings of their followers. That will lead to civil chaos. And it's important that they're in the House and they're deniers. It's even more important if they're in the states. Because in a state, and, and there's important Supreme Court cases coming up on this, th it is a deeply, deeply problematic question of whether they would simply overturn the will of the people. It goes to the, maybe it goes into the courts. This was what, the chaos was the strategy. I mean, they've said this, the Trump people have said this is we're going to create so much chaos out of January 6th and forward that it might have to go to the House. And if it goes okay. to the House, Trump would have won. That's the scary thing right there, is that if it actually did go to the House, yeah, they would have. I mean, that, and that's kind of been the fear, is that, you know, yes, Joe Biden won, and everyone was, you know, having their good, you know, their parade. You even joked about it when we were doing our podcast that they were going to be happy for two weeks and then go back to being miserable again. But even, like... I remember, I remember kind of like observing your reaction to the 2020 election where we were like, yeah, I'm glad Trump lost, but I could even tell like you were like, but this, this isn't like over, like this isn't like mm -hmm. he's out of there. And this whole chaos strategy is really fascinating to me to observe and to listen to. I mean, this has been, I've been hearing this a lot as well. I wanted to share this on the podcast is that yes, Trump lost and he might be still running rallies and fundraising and maybe he'll run maybe he won't um but it's created 
uh, I made this comment about Carrie Lake on TikTok that was pissing a bunch of people off the other night that I said, there's not, there's not one person other than Donald Trump that was able to give such mediocre, unqualified people confidence. And, and these people that had zero background in politics, all of a sudden are running for politics or on the national stage. They're pumping out these fucking sound bites on TikTok and Twitter. And they're going, this is why fucking Joe Biden stinks and let's go brand. And it just created this mass of people that watched, observed and loved everything that Donald Trump did as both a candidate and later as a president. And now they're kind of taking the ball and they're running with it. And now we're seeing, yeah. I mean, you heard that number over a hundred people are on the ballot in two weeks that don't think Joe Biden is really the president yeah, and they, they could, and they believe it. They a hundred percent believe it. It's scary. And you got And to go one step further, the, the Supreme court case that he was talking about is the independent state legislature theory, okay. which, which is that in your state, because the federal government has a requirement or I'm sorry, in the constitution, the federal government mandates the time and place of elections. And it's up to the states to facilitate those elections, right? According to the state laws. And the, the theory before the Supreme court is that the legislature, because it's been that authority has been given to the legislatures of those states, the state Supreme court and the state executive branch have nothing to do with the uh, carrying out of elections or the interpretation of the election laws in that state or the adjudication of the election as it stands in that state, meaning the only authority in that, in a state, in your state, whatever state you live in, is the legislature, the elected legislature of your state. So... What does that mean? If the independent state legislature theory holds true and the Supreme Court says, yes, independent state legislature, states are independently able to send the electors and decide the legislatures are, are able to send the electoral college folks to the electoral college according to what they vote on. It means that your vote doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. We in Iowa could overwhelmingly vote for Joe Biden for a second term in the state legislature if the Supreme Court makes a decision that the, that the legislature is the sole authority in the state could send Trump electors to the Electoral College. Super fun. And that's what they're pursuing in yeah. Arizona. They mm -hmm. tried to do this in Arizona. They tried to get Ron Johnson to do this for mm -hmm. the state of Wisconsin. There are multiple other states. They were trying to send alternate electors, right? Yep. And that was the deal that they were trying to get Pence to accept the alternate electors on mm -hmm. January 6th. Yep. So now you're sitting here with a Supreme Court who is decidedly Republican, who is decidedly conservative, and has made insane rulings just in the last year now they have a 6-3 majority and this is not an effort of donald trump by himself this is an effort of the republican party although there's but there's like, been a case that's been made where it's like there's a subset there's the maga people 
that are even like I even I even saw Marjorie Taylor Greene saying like don't vote for uh traditional Republicans because they're rhinos. They're not they're not really conservative. They're not no, no, really no. right wing. You can't focus on that fringe. She's there's there's fringe, a fringe. Right? There's a fringe, but yeah. The, the the driving force behind everything we're seeing right now is the Republican Party. There are actors within the Republican Party like Donald Trump, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh um like Lauren Mitch Bobert. McConnell. Lauren Boebert. But Mitch McConnell are, now is actively in barbs with Donald Trump, though. And, like, Donald Trump is, is fucking jabbing at Mitch McConnell. And he's mm, jabbing at Ron DeSantis. And, they, and they it's, are, they'll they still are, come together. It's just like Ted. They're elbowing each other. They're yeah. elbowing each other, playing tug of war. It's like Ted Cruz. in the same way, mm-hmm. right? There may be people who are yelling and screaming, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. But we matter. know. They're all yeah. pulling the same way. Yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene is pulling the same way. And and she's fulfilling her place in their in their caucus. Donald Trump's fulfilling his place. Mitch McConnell's fulfilling his. Ron Johnson's fulfilling his. Mitt Romney is fulfilling his. Mm-hmm. Right, like it's the Republican Party. The Republican Party has led us to here. The Republican Party paved the way for Sarah Palin, paved the way get away with a bunch of supposedly sexual harassment of a of players. I don't know. Wrestling coach. Wrestling coach. Because I don't know. He's the wrestling coach from Ohio. Fuck. What's his name? I don't know. He ran. For, he was a senator or a congress. Yeah, uh, congressman. I think. Wrestling coach, Ohio Congress. Yeah. Uh, Jordan. Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan. There you Jim go. Jordan. Boom. Thanks, Jim Google. Jordan. I don't know how that. Yeah. Thank you, Google. Uh, Jim Jordan. Uh, all of those people, the the uh, backlash to Obama, mm-hmm. the housing crisis, the Tea Party, the downturn, <laughs> the Tea Party, right? We the, have a socialist Patriots. in the White House, Sean, and we need right. a Tea Party to fight. The, yeah, that, I remember that stuff. That through that that the through line there is that the Republican Party has been getting more and more radical. And by the way, did you see Barack Obama refer to the Democratic Party as a giant group of people with a buzzkill at a party? <laughs> he goes, no. it's like they have good intentions, but they're generally the person at the party that becomes the buzzkill because they don't know how to communicate well. <laughs> it's like, Let's yeah, he's got to kinda... cool it. Let's fucking cool it, <laughs> he's... Barack Obama. But he's not totally wrong. Like, like I, I have my issues, Barack. Totally wrong. I have my issues, he's not Barack. Totally Obama. wrong. But he fucking did that. Like he did that. Well, Barack Obama did that. He was the buzzkill. He wasn't. He was the one. There was a. He was the one who got elected. Yeah. In the like, and he had a supermajority. Pretty much a supermajority. Yeah. And and he built not the second apparatus. term. Yeah. He himself, right? Like he himself. I shouldn't say he himself. But he built a an apparatus around himself, and then when he got elected, dismantled it. Yeah. And then built it again, and then we got elected again, dismantled. Oh, just JK. Yeah. And he pulled the focus away from states and state legislatures and governors' races, and lost over a thousand seats across this country. 
because he focused on himself, he, yep. him, uh, himself, his administration, and what Congress was going to do and winning national elections and made it a spectacle and ignored millions of people. But he won and elections, though. Thousands of seats. I don't give a no, he didn't. Yeah, he's undefeated. Like if you look at, if you, well, okay, well, he, he won two elections. Good for him. Uh, he also had that's, a supermajority. That's not. That's not blue. easy to yeah, do, though. No, he had it. As much as I don't give a fuck. As much as I, I have issues, because it's not you easy were to saying do. he's a buzzkill. You were saying he's making fun of the Democrats. Yeah, buzzkill. Well, he was. He was. He was the one who allowed the mediocrity to grow. He was. He was the one yeah. who could have harnessed the power he built. He could have harnessed the the. And, enthusiasm that he built hope and change right yeah and he took it and went i'm the hope i me as a person am the hope and change it'll be uh it'll be different and yeah that it wasn't yeah it'll be uh different yeah i i I went to those rallies i a lot of people were on board and then he cut everybody else's legs out from under him and i got nancy fucking pelosi and chuck cool right yeah i know thanks brock uh, i appreciate it thanks barry (laughs) <laughs> he he allowed the Republicans to go places and be the only voice in the room. And now he now he's on and ESPN talking to Peyton and Eli Manning watching Monday Night Football. If you happen to catch that tonight, so there you go. That's his, oh. his new light. But he he was on a podcast where he was just referring to the Democrats as being a buzzkill. That he goes, they'll have like genuine solutions, but then they just find a way to be a giant buzzkill, and they're just terrible at their messaging. And but it's but it's easier to throw rocks if you're Republicans with narratives. Those are the people he put in place. I know, I know. People he empowered. (laughs) That is the ideology he built. And so for people to allow him to get away with that shit because he's the most charismatic. Like I know it sucks. Him and him and Bill Clinton are two of the most charismatic politicians that have ever. I would I even would say I mean oh I know I mean I mean JFK was pretty close too but. Um, sure. I mean, great, but that was like fucking sixty years ago. So yeah, like yeah, but I mean, before him, and, like, who was fucking, you know, yanking your chain before JFK came along? It wasn't anybody. I mean, there wasn't anybody that was that blowing you your socks off. I mean, FDR, FDR blew everybody's socks off. I mean, yeah, but that was a time period. That was in that time period, yeah. And then for what? How many years? How many decades after that did it take to? I mean, look at fucking Richard Nixon compared to JFK during that run. I mean, it was just different, sure. different vibes. And um, but. And we weren't used what to I'm that. That's is, why. That's why Obama was so appealing. He was like, "Whoa, this guy can talk." What I'm saying and, is, people like I know. people get people get nostalgic about Obama. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I get nostalgic about a guy who I feel like had the competency to sit in that office. Yeah. Uh, and as sheer competency goes, he was he was competent. He's smart as fuck. I mean, I'd rather him be there. He'd make some you feel people, good yeah. about shoving a shit sandwich down your throat. Yeah. And, <laughs> but his policies and what he did. Yeah. And how he wielded power. Is lackluster. Yeah. And when when you look at the results, Trump and this modern public party, Republican Party, are the results because he got yeah. Joe Biden as his fucking VP. Yeah. And Joe Biden undercut Harry Reid when they were negotiating fucking Obamacare. Yep. When they were negotiating all kinds of shit. And doesn't get talked about too much. I'm like, by they, the way, who they, followed him? There's a reason Donald Trump followed him. <laughs> it's not right. it's and not a compliment to that the that tenure. Yeah. And and what we're seeing is what happens when you don't fucking crush. Yeah. The fascists, right? Like you allowed like he allowed them to take power. He allowed kind of set it legislatures up. to yeah. flip. He allowed 
governors to flip because he only cared about the federal government and the federal government's power. And he cared about institutional norms more than more than wielding the mandate that he was given. Yeah. And I'm frustrated that that he's got this fucking glow around him that he won't own up to and people won't point fingers at him. Mm-mm. And and there's a lot of what we're seeing today because of the people he put in place. Doesn't get talked about. The power sharing that he just abdicated to the Republican Party. Yeah. And honestly thought that they were going to be even brokers or honest brokers yeah. with him. When, like, a month into his presidency, Mitch McConnell was saying, our job is to make sure he's a one-term president. Yep, that didn't work out too well. And he should have fucking crushed him. Yep. And Joe Biden should be fucking crushing the Republicans right now. They should be hammering the shit. I mean, he is. I didn't didn't have this queued up, but he is pushing back against people that bet Joe Biden. He's been pushing back against Republicans that directly have benefited from a lot of the the money that was passed that they said it was bad that the Obama that the Biden administration is pushing out, but he was literally naming Republicans by name, going, "Well, this person got this much money. This person said this was bad, but they got this much money." So that that's yeah, good. He's not hammering him. Yeah, could be could be more aggressive. I agree. It, it, yeah, fuck yeah, you could be more aggressive. You could be a lot the more aggressive. That they're showing, and you're not even you're not even like like you're not even fighting fire with fire, right? They're spitting fire. They are lying. They are burning shit down. And they aren't, like, all you have to do is hold a mirror up. And they're not even holding a mirror yeah. up. They're yeah. saying, we need a strong Republican Party. This isn't what America is. Yeah. Fuck that shit. And you should be holding a mirror up and go, Ron Johnson is running a tight race in Wisconsin. Well, Ron Johnson doesn't thing, believe in abortion. Things Ron are cr- Johnson doesn't believe in one, two, A, B, three, and C, and yeah. List off all the shit. That that Mandela Barnes does. Stop, you know. Right? So they they mentioned Jared in that year is running against uh, old Kim Reynolds. I was going to bring that up actually. Who doesn't know shit and right like and she's been fucking things up in Iowa and he should be on the stump with Deer to Dejir trying to flip some states. He's like, not. They're just yeah. not doing. No, it. they're not doing it. We should talk they about those polls. Their, they have the righteousness. They they like the Supreme Court just fulfilled a Republican promise based on stealing Supreme Court seats and delegitimizing the court. They dance on the grave of Roe v. Wade. They dance on the, the, the grave of, of Casey. They gleefully took away rights from every American woman. Uh, they will continue to do that. They said, I wish, in, in the concurrence, they specifically said, I'm taking away rights from American women, and I wish I could do it to gay people. Right, I wish I could do it to uh, black people. I wish I could take away, and and they took away voting rights. I wish I could take away more voting rights. And the chief justice is somebody who's been working on taking away voting rights since the fucking Reagan administration. I just, God damn it, Siri. <laughs> Of course you don't. Siri wanted to chime in with Sean. Siri doesn't have a fucking answer for it either. <laughs> hey, I have no, an answer like, for that, Sean. <laughs> no, it, but like, like I don't. I lost my train of thought. I know that was but, that was wonderful timing, by the way. But yeah, but the, no, I, that was like, good. No, I know what you're saying. I, it's fr- in in looking at. I wanted to share some of the poll numbers right now because I know that we've looked at kind of. This is just in our state in Iowa. 
uh, Franken and Grassley is going to be, you know, this is as of a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grassley's pretty much going to coast. I mean, it's 53 to 42, but I remember I was like, it's a lot closer than that. It so the the Franken thing I remember we haven't really uh, talked about it much on here, but I'm not really blown away by him as a candidate. Um, they they <laughs> Admiral, Admiral Franken, you're not blown away, but I was like, yeah, oh wow, I'll give it a shot. The and old I was like, white guy who hasn't fucking said shit. It's about too anything. old. It's impressive yeah. about anything. I mean, Chuck Grassley's okay. fucking old, but it's like two old white guys that are. I'm like, yeah, what are we doing? Seeing basically the same fucking thing. They are. Like, they are. It's just it stinks. It's more contentious between Kim Reynolds and Deidre Dejir, but Kim Reynolds has raised like three times as much money as she has, and she's gonna just clobber to jeer i mean it's not even going to be close like this I like it, but this they, is the bullshit about the, the democratic party they have they have not helped her no they haven't they haven't They've even tried helped to jeer no. since fucking day one the only thing that not has piqued bit. my interest um i wish i'm gonna say show more polls so look at these races for the for the house um these are a little bit closer than i thought they were going to be look at liz mathis and ashley henson Neck and neck, neck and even. Neck. Now this was look at this with this. This was as of July twentieth, two thousand twenty-two. She put out a tweet a couple days ago that said, according to the Des Moines Register, she was actually up two points over Ashley Henson. Um, so that's that's promising. I don't think Liz Mathis is like this amazing candidate either. I've listened to her some of her hot takes, and they're pretty like they're pretty pretty safe. Like it's it. it she know, I mean, there, yeah. there's a definite, there's a strategy with, uh, with what she's doing with Ashley Henson. She's kind of just letting Ashley Henson say crazy shit and kind of just responding to it. And that's a good strategy because Ashley Henson's yeah. fucking crazy. Dude, I, I remember going to KCRG when I interned for a local radio station and meeting Ashley Henson. She was not like this at all. Like the, like the polar opposite. She is, again, one of those people, I think, that got confidence from the Trump administration. Granted, she was already in office, but she definitely saw that strategy and went, oh, I found me a winner. And people fucking just gobble it up around here. And it, but I, honestly, I'm a little surprised. I, I thought she was going to kind of win, kind of coast, kind of the way uh, Kim Reynolds is. And it's not really it's not really the case. Um, I'm, I'm, I've met I've met Liz Mathis. Yeah, I think like I have seen her like anytime I do a Democrat thing here in in Iowa, in Eastern Iowa, she's there. She's everywhere. She's put the work in. She's done the shaking hands. And then every time I see anything about uh, Ashley Hinton, it's that she's running away from the camera. She's running away from the group. She had some small group set up. Yeah, and then she's so bailing. She's gonna go to like the concerned moms for Mary in high school or whatever. Um, <laughs> concerned moms. And, yeah, and honestly, it's, it's like true. The, it's it's true. like the it's like the fucking anti-maskers for Mary in high school. There's like twelve. Oh, I know. Yeah, and then they're gonna they're they're trying to set policy for the entire fucking school district. Well, that's that's a, that's all. Show up. Can I can I mention too? I've been watching some. I've I follow this Twitter account that's called Right Wing Watchers, and the new. Uh, prominent strategy is go for the school boards, take over the school boards, set the narrative. That's how we win. Like that's the kind of the messaging. And I think they saw kind of how it worked a little bit uh, during the COVID era. Cause you actually took part in that. Uh, you actually went to a meeting and, and voiced your opinion to the public, but 
that's the other thing I'm hearing is go for the school boards. So yeah. that could be fun. Then they can indoctrinate your kids fucking easier. Right. And, and that, that like you're, the, we've seen it play out in, uh, I think Ankeny yeah. or Altoona. No, Ankeny. Yeah, Ankeny, Ankeny. Yeah. Um, hmm. I know that's going to be one of the strategies and like, they're already doing it. They've done it in Texas, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. If you didn't know this, oh yeah, like, like the Texas state of Texas buys all of the school books for the entire state okay. in one round, and they do it on a cycle. And so there's an elected board that decides the curriculum for the state of Texas. And so the state of, and then there are like 28 or 30 states that follow the state of Texas like curriculum so the books like are written based on what the state of texas decides they want to teach their kids right and this like group of people and these companies like pearson will write a book based on what the state of texas says they want to teach their kids and then the other 28 states or 29 states or 30 states or whatever it is will go with the books that Texas chose hmm. and so the state of Texas gets to decide what a fuckload of kids in America learn interesting and there's a documentary I watched like a long time ago like eight years ago nine years ago that you could like you watch some of these debates that they're having and they're looking at these pages and these like people are trying to sell them a book right and like fuckloads of books hundreds of thousands of books and they will literally scratch out like Abraham Lincoln didn't do that. He was the Abraham Lincoln, the president, the Republican president who freed the slaves. I, I honestly and rewrite it. It's and funny. It becomes propaganda. It's funny. You're bringing this up. I, I mocked a, a video on Twitter tonight and I retweeted it. There's I've been hearing a lot of people say, oh, well, you know. Uh, if Ron DeSantis runs for president, it's, you know, yes, he's a Republican, but he's not as bad as Donald Trump. It'll be fine. And he was in a debate because uh, he's running for office in Florida again, where he was upset that they're teaching in schools that this country that we live in was stolen from the Native Americans because that wasn't true. That's that's false information. We shouldn't be telling that to children. He got booed when he was saying that. Everyone's going, boo. Like, I was surprised. There was some bad. But he said this in a debate. You want me to play it? You want to see it? It's it's completely wild. It's so like com- what is there to argue with? Like, it's it's the the straight. There were natives here. I I, I don't even understand what he. I don't know and if he. Then be- European settlers came. I don't know if he believes this or. Of them. And like and like we've been taught that since them. a young age. Like like we like I took like three or four Native American classes in college just yeah, to kind of like understand tears, it a little bit. At the very least, you know about the Trail of Tears. Yeah, it's like okay, but he's just like nope, that's not true. And again, that's that that's that narrative baiting. Like nope, nope, it's just the nope. But here's here's what he said. Can you see the screen right now? Yeah. Uh, yeah okay, yeah. let me pop this up here on the screen. So I had to mock, I had to do the SpongeBob mocking the DeSantis isn't as bad as Trump stuff, but this is what he said during the uh, the it's, all, it's almost at a million views. Holy shit! Here we go. It actually, if you look around the country, they do have programs. Unfortunately, well, they will take a student, look at their race, say, okay, you're white, you're an oppressor. If you're black, you're oppressed. And think about what that does to a six or seven year old kid. That's wrong. You're seeing that. You have people that are teaching, uh, and actually, his running mate has said this in the past that teaching the United States was built on stolen land. That is inappropriate for our schools. It's not true. Uh, And I'm happy.
But it actually, if you look, so you got booed at the end when he said this. But um, I, you know, the the oppression stuff. I, you know, I I've I've talked to a few people that I work with where they said that their children came home and said, "Am I an oppressor?" And I was like, "Oh boy, what are we doing?" That's a, that's a little aggressive, but the Native American stuff, I was like, come on, like that's just basic fact. Like that's just a mis like a historical misunderstanding of not sorry not sorry there that is a misunderstanding of what's trying to be taught. The critical race theory the, stuff, like, yeah, the CRT, yeah, yeah, cri- yeah. F- first off, critical race theory is not trying to be. No one's trying to teach that in in elementary school yeah sean hannity told me they were sean that's what they're doing yeah this is (laughs) not true i know at all what what the word oppressor is getting used a lot but it's just by whom like there are so few so i have i have the word oppressor i have two co-workers and i have i have a child that's about to be in the same school district and sean knows what school district i'm talking about where i live um starts with an l oh fuck it i'll say it's linmar and both of their kids are about two years apart and they had literature brought back where they had to write about, um, why I'm, why I've am considered an oppressor and what that means. And, and they were diving into the definition of what that word means. And they went to their parents and they go, wait, I'm an oppressor. What is it that like, they were very confused by how this was being presented to them. And I don't think the teacher was trying to be like, um, mean about it i think she was the t i I don't remember the teacher's name but they were trying to to see like the exact assignment i i saw a photo of it so again it was someone holding a phone to me saying look what my 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 son and daughter had to fill out it was like a it was like almost like an essay form that you would take in college where you would say give me an essay response to this and they were asked to define the word oppressor and why they feel like they could be an oppressor and they looked at their parents and they were like why do i have what what am i what am i doing here and they there was kind of like a a brief moment where there was some like pushback by some parents and they eventually it's not, it's not taking place anymore, but there was, so there's this idea that it's not happening. I don't necessarily agree with, I don't think it's as widespread as Republicans are trying to lead you to believe it is, but the, the seat, the critical race theory stuff has really taken off as if it's like taking place in like every, you know, educational institution in this country. And I don't think that's actually it's happening. Easier to, it's easier to freak people. Oh, out. It's easier to scare people. Yeah. About, you can fundraise off that. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier to freak people out when you're dispelling the myths of the country that they live in. Right. Yeah, like, sure. So do I think that telling children that they are oppressors is a good thing? No, no, I don't think like, so either. Like, no. Any anybody who's doing that, I think, is is wrong. It's a little aggressive. Yeah, yeah. I think they're misunderstanding. But at some point in an American's life, they need to understand that there were groups of oppressed people. Yeah, and there were oppressors, and those oppressors made laws. Yeah, that are still in the books. There, those oppressors, and, and by what what I mean by that. Um, Korematsu was a law that the Supreme Court signed off on that mm-hmm. is still precedent in America that you can racially profile uh, and imprison Japanese Americans Yeah, in World War II. And then it went up to the Supreme Court, and it was constitutional to imprison Americans of— I shouldn't say Japanese Americans— Americans of Japanese descent. Descent, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who were born in fucking Oakland or or Wichita, Kansas or Cedar Rapids, Iowa. 
or New York, New York, because their heritage was Japanese. Yeah. Right? Um, that's still law in America. That's still Supreme Court precedent in America. That yep. hasn't been overturned. You can imprison people based on their their heritage mm -hmm. uh, and say that they they might be spies for uh, you know your enemy, China. Um, but but we can't overturn that because it's Supreme Court president but i know it's bizarre it is interesting how he so, tried to take he took the the <laughs> he took the native american thing and then he took the oppressor thing and he right. went ah, i'm just gonna sandwich these two fucking things Smash together and let, together. let's just scare some white folks in florida and let's get and, <laughs> let's get and, out and vote in two weeks and it's <laughs> it's still happening today right yeah. there are still oppressors today and the supreme court is ruling on um what they would call Indian law. That's the historical term for Indian law that up until the seventies, white people were taking babies away from native Americans. And they viewed it as like a Christian duty to, to there was like a the saying at the time was uh, kill the Indian or kill the savage, save the Christian or kill the savage, kill the Indian, yeah. save the, the soul or whatever, whatever it was. And, and there were laws passed at the time that said, if a, if a baby is going to go up for adoption, the family of the baby or the tribe of the baby is the, is the first group, first groups that get to adopt the baby. And if there was no means or ability for the family of the tribe, then there was a pathway for, for anybody to adopt the baby. And now that's being challenged at the Supreme Court. Yeah. And they're going to undo... The reason the law existed was because white Christians were going onto reservations and adopting babies and ripping them away from families. Adopting babies, ripping them the babies away from families. And removing them from their uh, heritage. Yeah. They were... They, not true, according so, to Ron DeSantis. So, yeah, not true. <laughs> not true. That, that's, like, that's like, you know, in the time of our parents. Like, our parents. I know, it's not that like, long ago. Our parents were born. Yeah. It's not even that long born. And, and, and for people to say that there aren't oppressors in America, or you can't tell... That, no, there are. There have been. There are. There were. It's they were the, the founders of America. It's they were the, the people uh, who wrote the laws that we live by. They're the people who live and and write laws now who are mm -hmm. are perpetuating those things. And at some point, every American needs to face the face the music. Because it's an easy thing to, to say. To, but it's an easy thing to say, though. Like the like what you're saying there. The the talking point response on the right wing side, be like. What are you, a communist? Are you American? Do you love this country? Why don't you leave it then, Sean? And it's okay. that's that's the easy like punch, the you know the the combo uh, to come back at you with. You you're not supposed to acknowledge the bad you know big meanie things about this country, and this country's great. This country was founded on Christian nationalism, and how fucking dare you point out these big meanie things that we did? And it's just it's just narrative baiting. It stinks. Is what it is. But it, it's not. It... Can I show you what uh, what Kim Reynolds is is yeah. uh, campaigning off of? Because <laughs> she's uh, but like before we before we go yeah yeah I want to I want to kind of leave people uh, with this James Baldwin quote. Okay. I had it in my head. 
I wanted to uh, do it justice. It's James Baldwin. If you, if you, if you haven't have read, read James Baldwin, but, but <laughs> there, 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 there is a rising style of James Baldwin where there's a speech changing, like, like the way the man speaks is just music. The way, the way he writes is just art. And, and so he's got this famous quote that says, I love America more than any other country in the world. And for exactly for this reason, I insist on the right to criticize her perpetually. Yeah, I like that. The, the, that's how I feel. So when people say like, oh, you're not an American. If you, if you don't love it, leave it. Fuck you. It's so strange to me. It's just, I love yeah. America. I grew up believing that America was this place of equality, this place of freedom, this place of opportunity. And then as I educated myself, I realized, oh, it's this place of equality for me. It's this place of freedom for me. And it's this place of opportunity for me at the expense of others. Historically, the expense of others and present day at the expense of others that like there was slave first off there was colonization of america we had a genocide of the natives there's, there's no other way to put it there was a, a a genocide of the native population by by the french by the british and uh, by the spanish by the portuguese Everybody who landed on these shores, except for the Vikings who landed and went, hey, this is nice, and they fucked off back home. Like 500 years, 300 years before Christopher Columbus did. And from there, we kept marching west, massacring and genociding for hundreds of years. Uh, uh, and then we took Native Americans and we put them on reservations, and we told them, this is your sovereign land. And then later we went, fuck that, it's ours now too. Again, that's not your sovereign land. Also, sovereign is with air quotes. And then uh, slave black people, we brought over uh, Chinese rail uh, workers to build the rail that, that connected our coasts, uh, worked them to death. Then we redlined uh, uh, after uh, black folks, formerly enslaved uh, African-Americans and black folks uh, were, were freed. Uh, we put them under Jim Crow, and then we said, you can only live here. We segregated them, and then to this day, there are still segregated areas of, of our cities. There's still segregated areas of, right. of America. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and to pretend that that doesn't exist, and to pretend it's unpatriotic for me to say, like, that's bullshit, and we need to yeah. change it, and we need to change the hierarchies of this country and and admit that we fucked up for a long time and that something needs to be done to unfuck it that was fucking childish i've always had and, a problem and, with that i've had a deep deep issue with the the person who tells me um what are you are you a communist are you not american those those are the same people that should approach closer to a communist than i am a republican but th th isn't that strange though and i and i i know you're not you're not a big sports guy but i got to see this firsthand of people stop that decided oh i don't watch the nfl anymore because people were taking these during the national anthem and i go who gives a fuck we live in a country where you can voice your opinion and take a fucking knee if you want to and besides that is fake bootlicking patriotism at an NFL game. It's paid for. The, they, the only sport that does that without getting a profit is baseball. 
That's always been part of baseball. In the NFL, about like 15 or 20 years ago, that became a paid-for advertisement to get recruitment up for the Marines, for the Navy, for the Army, for the Air Force. It's not. It ha, there's literally no reason to sing the national anthem before an NFL game, except for the fact that they get paid to show it on television. And when I saw these like bootlicking dummies going, I'm not going to watch the NFL anymore. I'm a Packers fan, but I'm not going to watch that fucking bullshit anymore because Colin Kaepernick took a knee. I looked at them and I said, did you feel the same exact way when people protested the Vietnam War? And they had, oh, well, you know, uh, it was, it's, it's the, oh, well, you know, blah, 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 fucking bullshit response. I always get it's, it's, it's so crazy to me that they can be so nationalistic about one thing and then call you a fucking traitor for the other thing. That is the most American thing you can do is say, you know what? Go fuck yourself. This is how, this is how I feel. And you can't, you can't tell someone they can't say that. I, it's, it drives me nuts when I hear the, the same group of people touting free speech, free speech, you can't fucking do it. And then they get pissed when someone voices their fucking free speech. And as much as I fucking hated the defund the police messaging, I would never tell someone they can't say that. I would never tell someone you can't feel that way. You can't, I would never tell someone you can't go out and protest and you can't fucking go to these events and do these things. That is the most deeply American thing that we can do is take to the streets, protest, Fucking go on Twitter, go on Facebook, whatever, go on TikTok, make a video, say whatever you want. It and I don't understand that. That is that is the thing that will always make me never want to become conservative or Republican is that fucking bullshit line that I hear from those people. They are so yep. nationalistic and so patriotic until they're not. And it's just gross. It's not it's not American. It's so it's so deeply un American. It drives me nuts. And this leads me into what fucking Kim Reynolds is doing right now in our state. She is putting ads out, I was, which I was I'm shocked about. One. I'm shocked she's putting ads out, honestly, because she's going to fucking coast to a victory, as you just said, as you pointed out. But this is the fucking, check this. So there was, there's the tagline in our state, Sean, for those unfamiliar that don't uh, pay attention to the state of Iowa. She's using the tagline, Things still work here in Iowa because it's Iowa and we're not changing despite the other countries. So check check this out. And defunding the police has to happen. Watching the news, you wonder, has the rest of the country lost its mind? Attacks on police, open borders, paying people not to work. Aren't you glad you live in Iowa? Governor Kim Reynolds. Here we still have common sense. We kept businesses open and kids in school. We cut taxes and support our police. Because in Iowa, America still works. That's the tagline. America still works here if you live in the state of Iowa. I know, it fucking stinks. And Sean's t-shirt illustrates that. But obviously there's a lot of holes in that in that narrative that we could find. <laughs> yeah, Sean's showing the t-shirt. <laughs> but... That's that's what we get in this state now. It's it's uh, by the way, Iowa's not like the rest of the country, and it's you know it's not like that's basically saying hey we're not Portland, we're we're Iowa, you know. And I get it. There's a lot of things you can you can attack. I get it. A lot of things that are easy targets, but I saw that and I was like, ugh, it's just the most. It's just pandering. The Which perfect is, example of pandering. It's fucking gross. What she's not saying is that those tax cuts have also taken Iowa from like number one yeah. in the country for education down to like 27. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Like, I, Super like, nice. Yes. Like the, the chipping away 
at our social safety net, the chipping yeah. away at our infrastructure. Yeah. The, oh, nice. The reliance, they're chipping away on our contribution to the infrastructure of Iowa. Uh, and then relying on the federal government's grants to backstop that lack of in the investment in our infrastructure. Yeah. And then taking credit for it. Yeah. Now we've talked about on the show about her taking credit for stuff she actively campaigned against and then goes, by the way, got all this money that we're going to pump into increased broadband in Iowa. And they're like, didn't you just say that was a bad thing like a year ago? And we not to take that money. Yeah. Pretend. Yeah. That's it's easy to pretend. So when, when Iowa works, what she means like Iowa works, it means you had better work. Or you're going to fucking die. Yeah, yeah like, pretty much. That's what she means. Pretty much. You're going to be sicker, fatter, and dumber. <laughs> like, uh, just stinks. It's, yeah, it's not fun. A, like, honestly. like I know. I wanted the to The idea, fucking... like, we just watched in, in England just this I know. chef's kiss. I know. Of of Reaganomics in, in, their, in England, it would be Thatcherites, who... We've had like 12 years of conservative government, and in that time, they voted for Brexit, so they've, they've left the EU. Yep. They had Boris Johnson as their their uh, PM, and then he got ousted, and then Liz Truss, Liz Truss like lasted like 43 days. Yeah, there was a piece of she, lettuce on Twitter that lasted longer than yeah. she did as prime minister, yeah. so yeah, that was fun. So she came, she came in as prime minister with an idea of like cutting taxes and and introducing austerity uh and her like in the span of 43 days they both uh unleashed this like tax plan that was basically what kansas did and kansas had to back off of it <laughs> in in the span of 43 days she gets elected it's like unleashes well this massive fucking tax plan like Inflation well isn't fucking insane uh -huh. her own cabinet goes oh no we're not yeah, we're not doing not that. No, do that. no thanks. We said we're, we're going to do that tax plan. The market's freaked out. Yeah. We're not now. We're now not going to do that tax plan. And then Liz Truss is gone. And here in America, fucking Kim Reynolds is doing the same shit. Like, we're going to cut taxes. We're going to get your okay. taxes lower. Like, okay, cool. Well, like, <laughs> okay, you've cut taxes. That just means I'm like, I was going to get shittier. Yeah, like, yeah, we are not gonna have nice things. Nope. Like, like a corporation's gonna go out and build a better fucking street, nope. no or thanks. build a bike path for my kid to ride safely to school. No, they're not gonna do that. It's not nope. profitable. Fuck that shit. You know what does do that? A society who cares about safety, about access. We'll just let Joe about... Biden's administration pass it. And we'll take Fuck. credit for it and pretend like yeah, we brought it. Yeah, that's easy. That's Fuck easier. We're gonna build up a rainy day fund. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna get Facebook to come here and build like a trillion data like, centers, yeah, mm -hmm. trillion data centers, and give them like eighty years of tax-free havens. Sure, let them just fucking ring this place. Who needs dry. farmland when we can have data centers? Exactly. You know how many people that data center is gonna employ? Eighteen. You know how much <laughs> money we gave them for per job, like a billion dollars. Uh huh. Uh huh. Awesome. Super, super so duper. Great, but we get to stand in front of a big old fucking gray building with a Facebook logo <laughs> on it and go, we brought them jobs from a big country this? in the world, didn't we? Yeah. Great. Super yeah. duper here in Iowa for all you paying attention. Job. Yeah. Thanks, Kim. Good job. Also, there's like four corporations that own more land than every other farmer in America. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. they're going to pass a law for those four companies and say it's for all of all the family farms in America and you get some dumb fucking overalls standing next to a John Deere that you can't afford. 
because it's borrowed from the guy next door who works for the corporation and go like, this guy can, you know, pursue his dreams yeah. of a family farm. And he's going to stand there and go, yeah, I'm a Republican. Fuck I'm yeah, a Republican. Man. I got to vote for them. Get them damn Democrats anyway, out of sorry, there. Sorry, I just went off a long. No, I was going to. Uh, it actually leads into the election deniers. Yes. For state house offices. Look, so let's, let's see what these fucking. I was going to say, I was like, Sean, you're already upset with Kim Reynolds. You're not going to like what I'm about to share right now with the screen because yeah. we have a lot of election deniers in our state. This is great. Um, look normal, but who would know that they got a shape-shifting well, alien? And, and by the way, uh, David Packman's audience is now referring to to uh, the Mike Pillow guy is just Pillow. So I just I'm referred to him as Mr. <laughs> Mr. Pillow. And uh, he, dude, can I, I have to give credit to Mike Pillow. He is committed to just yes. constantly sticking with the line that the election was stolen. He will Absolutely. never drop this. He is 100. I mean, he, he continues to go on these shows and push this and his, the stumbling, the like, well, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. He, I have to give him credit that, that fucking guy, there, there are some adults who go, you know what? Probably like, like you could, you could look at me and say, you know what? I used to support Tulsi Gabbard and I went, you know what? I wasn't I'm out. Bring that up. I know. Yeah. Sean didn't want to bring it up. He brought it up pre pre podcast, but I went, I'm out. I'm yeah. done. Yeah. Mike fucking pillow is determined to stick with Mikey the election. Old pillow. But here's some of the people in our state that are pushing this agenda. Uh, Brad Sherman of Williamsburg, he's running for Iowa House District 91. He uh, said the election was included massive fraud and cheating. Um, we have Luana Stolenberg, Iowa House District 81, northwest of Davenport. She actually attended the January 6th insurrection. Here's a little photo of her, Sean. Like you do. <laughs> Going a little, just a little tour of D.C., no big deal. We didn't, we didn't do anything, no big deal. Whoopsies. Whoopsies. Uh, what else do we got here? We have Sarah Abba. How would you pronounce that? Abdok? Is that how you would pronounce it? Abdouche? Abdok? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not there to give her any. Well, Sarah is uh, running for Republican. She's a Republican candidate for the Iowa House District 20 in Council Bluffs in Carter Lake. She says Joe Biden is not our president. So breaking news. Um, we also have an individual named Dan Gelbach who said there were all kinds of cheating. He put a lot of emphasis on that word kinds. He's running for Iowa House District 46 in Urbandale in Dallas County. You and, know what? Hold on real quick. Sure. You know what's like part of the funny part here? Yeah. Like the photo? No, 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 no. I mean, I'm not talking about aesthetics, but um, because of Trump's insistence that the election was going to be rigged yeah, and that they're going to steal it from him, like, the DOJ. <laughs> Four yawns tonight, the, by the way. <laughs> the DOJ. I can't help I know. It. It's late. I know. The DOJ had, like, locked this shit down. Yeah. Right? Like, there was, there were cops on the beat. And this was, like, one of the tightest elections that we've ever had. Like, the amount of people watching this shit. No. And every <laughs> single time that anybody made a claim like this. I know. There were people who were there, who were had had the cameras, who had the expertise to go like that's not a suitcase, that's literally the bin of ballots that they had. Yeah, that's the the de the the defined ballot bin that they move ballots around with, and like because Trump was insisting that this was going to be stolen from him, 
the DOJ made double, triple, quadruple sure that there were not all kinds of cheating. <laughs> no kinds. There wasn't exactly. any cheating at all. Like but that. all these people can just fucking say it over. Oh, and yeah. Over. They can just repeat it. That's all they have to do. And, is... and, and zero. This is what's great about America. Zero data. Yeah. Zero ba- zero data. evidence. Yeah. Zero data. Zero evidence. Zero but evidence. you can you can just fucking zero say fucking it. Zero fucking evidence. It hits closer Fairchild to home for us. Yeah, Republican and Fairchild. Fair. She's running for Iowa House District 78 in Southeast Cedar Rapids, so this hits close home to us. Would you mind scrolling down just a titch? Sure. Me? So I don't think I'm in that. Am I in that? No, I'm Look not. Look at that. Okay. Look at, Are you in that? I can just... No, no, no. Okay. I just want everybody to marvel. If you're able to look at this, just marvel. A woman who doesn't believe that we've had free or fair elections in decades has a district that looks as though an elephant took a shit on a white piece of paper <laughs> and then ran through it yeah. and then a snake slithered through it and then we pixelated it so gerrymandering is not a thing a way in which someone look at that one uh, that's fun right there rigs elections Ooh, yeah that little just, yeah right by bertram it. yeah i love how it's just like hey right we're good with bertram. bertram you can take bertram you're good but she literally has the shit plant in her district she does the yeah. little the little snake slither for those of the you shit plant, yeah they don't have the the benefit of, of viewing this there is a, a little yeah there's like a blob yeah. i can't even quite describe it because it's so unnatural and then following the river there's like a little tail. Yeah, that's the ship plan. And then the tail at the end of it ends by Bertram out to Highway 151, like, the, like Highway 13. Yeah, you smell right? it when you drive by it. Oh, it smells terrible. Yeah. But if you drive by it, it's beautiful. It was built in the 30s. That's when we said, you know what? We're going to spend money and make America more beautiful. We're going to invest in infrastructure. And I like where we live, um, our shit plant is uh, uh, from a, in a building from the 30s. The yeah. last time we gave a fuck about infrastructure. Yep. Uh, and this smells district, terrific. Yeah. This district has like a weird little tail that somehow <sighs> secretly magically encompasses this. And that's about it. I know, and... I know somebody that lives in Bertram, and I go, I go, so, and he goes, yeah, I'm going to stop you right now. Yes, I could smell the mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> it's the yeah. first thing he, looking... he's like, I'm very aware there's shit out there. Uh, by I, the way, I, she I, believes I, the U.S. has had a, hasn't had a free or fair election for decades. So she's going right. pre-fucking Donald Trump. She's going way, way, way back. Um, but, but she does not count gerrymandering. No, no gerrymandering. In her no. not fair. And then we got not your boy Bernie, another Bernie, Bernie Hayes, uh, also uh-huh. running for Iowa Senate, uh, Senate District 39, which covers Cedar Rapids as well as Sutherland County. Uh, Whoa, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Bernie, Bernie Hayes has a dream of building the world's first holodeck in Cedar Rapids. He does. He does, yeah. So uh, we could bring the USS Enterprise's adventures yes straight i would support that i'd be all right with that i'd be i'd be good with that but this is gonna be great problem is is that he said many news organizations npr included will repeatedly and relentlessly state that there's no evidence for the november 2020 presidential election fraud my concern is that i hear this statement but i'm never given the evidence to back it up even though you can go on google and you can find said evidence in just about every court case that was brought before judicial standing every. that said, yeah, no. <laughs> but, All of them. but yeah, there you go. 
Uh, and then they're calling uh, Iowa Representative Sandy Sam. Is it Salmon? Solomon? Salmon? I would say Salmon. Salmon. The big lies Queen Sandy Bee salmon. is what they're saying. Uh, she is of Janesville. She wants to represent Senate District 29, which includes Waverly, New Hampton, and Charles City. Mm. And uh, she said, we need common sense protections for our election and voting process so that fair and clean elections take place. And they said, sound familiar? It was not only recognized multiple times at Frank's Buchanan County event this summer, but she was also heralded as an election denier, uh, the one true champion in the Iowa legislature. And here she is with our buddy Mike Lindell, a.k.a. Mike Pillow, a.k.a. just Pillow. Mikey Pillows? So, so here, here's part of my frustration. With sure, this, sure. Is, is that these people have zero basis for their claims yeah but the there is a foundation of truth to the fact that we should have an auditable trail sure of hand-marked paper ballots sure for our elections they should not be a tally it should not be that i punch it into a computer and it gives me a receipt that's got a barcode it should be hand-marked paper ballots that's auditable, right? Because there is validity in the fact that somebody could hack an election machine. So what about the ballots in. that you would fill out and put into a machine that would scan the result and then dump it to a ballot box? So you're hand-filling it out. Hand-marking. You're yeah. talking hand-marking, yeah. but it's going into a yeah. machine that scans it with a barcode on it. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay, because okay. if there's a, if there's a, an irregularity, there's, like, they can like somebody can go and pull all those ballots out and go sure. hey just you, in case election yeah. volunteer count these and 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 in that case it's not just like Sean the socialist here going uh, <laughs> uh dem 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 Sean dem, the dem, socialist dem 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 yeah. it's like me and then somebody else going yeah. democrat agree yes republican agree yes Right, like in 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 a case of a handmarked paper ballot, there's an auditable trail. Sure. But there isn't a regularity. If there is a recount, you can go back to the primary documents that were people voted on. And if if you are voting, oh, number five. If you're voting, <laughs> if you're voting and you're booping and beeping on a screen, and it gives you like a receipt, that's just data. Yeah. And the data is manageable, right? Yeah. So that's fair. There is validity to what these people. There's validity. Say. Like, yeah. There's validity. Sorry, not to what these people say. No, but what there's validity to the claim. The process. That we need to have handmarked paper sure. ballots, and the process needs to be secure and auditable. Sure. And these people have no fucking clue what that means. All they want to do is talk about Mikey Pillow's insistence. Yeah. That that the election was stolen from Donald Trump. And that it's going I to think continue. it's fucking bullshit. Unless they, and unless they win. And then if they win, they're clowns, like, eh, that's fine. But. These clowns make a serious attempt to secure elections really difficult. Oh, yeah. Because then you're lumping me and saying, I think we ought to have hand-marked paper ballots in every, feder- in every election across America. You, you're, you're lumping me in with Mikey Pillows. With Mikey Pillows. I know. With Pillow. Um. There was a story that came out today that said the Biden administration was set to warn about the threats to the nation's election infrastructure, and they're going to issue some kind of a bulletin. Um, and of course, the you know the QAnons were like, "Well, it's two weeks out. Of course, they're saying this stuff." But this is the Chinese government stuff that you were talking about earlier on the show. Um, and then it's not just 
for this election, it could become a, you know, a yearly issue. It could be, you know, not just for the midterms, but for the, for the, uh, the general election in two years. Yeah. There was a lot of people. Um, so there in Arizona, there was a, um, I don't know if you can see this on the screen, but there was, I guess, some people yeah. showing up to a, in Maricopa County, they were, uh, wearing the, I didn't, I didn't see any actual, uh, weapons in their hands, but they were wearing tactical gear. Um, unfortunately, Nicole Grigg referred to them as magazine clips and she had to correct that for the, the gun people. Um, oh my God. she should have oh. just said magazines. The entire video is completely invalidated because she said, she said magazine, magazine clips. clips. Oh my God. But you can see them just kind of there. So they're not actually on the grounds, but they're across the street and they were, it was kind of an intimidation tactic. And of course, when I saw that and the comments on Twitter, people were pointing out this intimidation tactic in 2008 when the black Panthers showed up. Uh, I don't know what state this was exactly in, but I know it's, it was on Wikipedia. You can look it up. And they were saying, well, yeah, what's the difference? Go back to 2008. Yeah. There was, to find, and there was, and there was evidence a, of that, but they covered that though, that day. And it didn't, it did, had no bearing on the result of that election, but I understand it. So that's why I wanted to bring it up and show the, the comparison. But, um, but yeah, there's, there's, you know, we, we could be seeing some stuff. Play the video, play the video there. The, oh, of the Arizona thing. Oh, yeah. No, no, that's right. I can, I can bring it up again. Um, yeah, there were a couple of videos and then they were also taking pictures. They were taking pictures. Yeah, they were, they were taking photos. Um, let me get it back up here on the screen for you. So let me get the, the tweet up here. That's going to be a little bit easier to show. So this is what supposedly they were doing. They were standing outside, um, just kind of sitting in a truck looking scary, um, fully disguised in tactical gear. And they've then got I masks think on, they've got they've got plate carriers. And then they left and then some police showed up and eventually kind of like walked across the street, made sure nothing was like left behind. All was good. But this was kind of like a here's here's the photo shots where you can see like kind of what they look like and stuff. So they were kind of walking around and definitely, you know, making a point to, to look intimidating. But like, why would you cover your face like that unless you're trying to, you know, freak some people out? But it's definitely weird behavior, um, but you could be seeing some of that. So, I mean, if you, the good thing is if you, I, I like to go in person and vote, um, I know Sean, you already did your absentee, yeah. but I, you know, if I see anything fucking weird, obviously I'm going to document it cause I'm a weirdo and I like to document that stuff. But, um, but there's possi possibility. It's the pro part of the problem here is those people aren't like pretending, right? They're not like pretending that something's fucking weird and so like a lot of the republicans ted cruz for example is smart enough to know that joe biden won the election and he's pretending to go along with it because you can fundraise have yeah fundraising opportunities and rile up the base and it is a rational worldview for those two people sitting there who listen to Trump, who listen to the elected Republican officials, both in their state and at the federal level, a lot of the Tea Party, uh, uh, a lot of the media that they consume are telling them that it's that Joe Biden stole the election from Trump or Trump had the election stolen from him. And it's a natural reaction for those two people to fight back. Yeah. They think way, they're doing, right? they think they're doing a good they, thing. Yeah. They, 
and I, and I'm I'm not excusing them. I'm not explaining. I'm not agreeing with them. But they are victims here, in the same way the people they are intimidating are victims. Yeah. Right. The lies here are getting Americans who don't have the breadth of uh, incoming information outside of their existing like conservative streams uh, and are not predisposed to listening to somebody like me or Bernie or rational saying people. And they are victims of this just as much as the people who will be intimidated. Yeah, absolutely. By, by their, all of their, all of the above is actions. Yep. Getting bamboozled. That's become so, quite the norm in this country in the last couple of years. Yeah. So, yeah. So when you're, when you're dealing with those folks, like just, I don't want to say treat them like victims, but have a little bit of compassion and a little bit of empathy and a little bit of uh, love for them. That yeah. This has also been, in, they're wrong. You don't have to agree with them, but they're operating out of fear. They're operating out of fear and they're operating off of the best information that they have available to them. Now they've selected that information, but they're, they're yeah trying to go through the world the same way we are. Probably drink their own pee as well, but you know, <laughs> sorry, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't. I'm, I'm not. I'm trying to. I'm. I'm trying to show. I'm. I'm not trying to show love. To I'm people. sorry. Like, I agree with them, but I. I'm. I, I'm. I, maybe they didn't. I know. Sean. Sean was doing but such the, a good job there, and I just could. I was like. Eh. But, I, but I do, at some level, feel yeah. sorry for these people, and some of the people yeah. who are in, like, in the Capitol on January six. Like, it doesn't extend. Number six. Seven. Or seven. But the it doesn't extend. I know terribly far, but I do acknowledge that they're victims. They are I victims. Yeah, I try not to being manipulated. Yeah, I don't feel com- as much like compassion towards them, but I I can at least ad- admit like. And I've been victims. I've been in those situations where I'm around some of those people, and I'm like, oh, they just okay. And I try not to like be a dick about it. But then I've also been around people that are very ready for a civil war. And I go, okay, have fun with that one. I'm not doing that one. Yeah. I'm not showing yeah. compassion for fucking dummies yeah. that are ready for a civil war right now, but it's definitely a thing. Um, I want to close really quick. We, uh, I, I couldn't resist my, I did the, uh, the old Bernie meme of, uh, telling everybody to once again, we're, uh, yeah, <laughs> to the fly over politics. Uh, we, we asked a question, uh, are you, uh, planning to vote? And the, enthusiasm is a little little mid as the kids would say sean uh steven pa tweeted at us that he's pumped meh but he's gonna vote um steve you better fucking vote like <laughs> i think like you, you, i think you did i think you did pumped. yeah he's like meh i'll pumped. vote meh yeah <laughs> come on you're in pa not a lot of not it's a lot of enthusiasm Oz or fetterman i would the, be pumped to vote for fetterman. i would i would think in pa yeah i would think steve's probably a little more pumped than, pumped than us yeah i would i would think so but we'll we'll see um, and then Dexter tweeted at us that, uh, that he had the day off and went ahead and did it today. So there you go. And then you had a little conversation about voting by mail and stuff like that. But I am a vote by mail guy. Like you I'm are. just busy. I can't be asked. Like you just. Now aren't jobs and maybe, maybe I'm going off bad Intel here, but aren't jobs supposed to give people at least an hour additionally from their lunch break to go vote on election day? Is that, so. is that bullshit? So. Okay. 
Cause I don't know if it's bullshit, but I don't like it. Should be a national holiday. It should be a like, national I holiday. Think. Yeah, I've heard a lot of politicians campaign that they think it should just be a day off, um, so people can go vote and stuff. Because, yep. yeah, but it's not. But anyway, it should be. So two weeks from today, when we release this, uh, it will be election day, and the goal is we will be live on the YouTube's. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a go again, Sean. I'm gonna be a little strategic about how I do it, but. We'll be live on the YouTubes again. We haven't done that for a while. I'll We've be, been been no, pre-taped. I'll be, I'll be passive like normal. Yeah, she'll be passive like Zero normal. Zero technical. Zero technical. Well, my, my goal is we kind of start a little bit later than usual so we can kind of catch the tail end of the results coming in because we should know, I would say, pretty confidently by like 11 o'clock our time, midnight Eastern, kind of how things are going. So yeah, yeah. we could start a little bit later and then just kind of see what's going down. And, yeah, uh, do well I know, yeah. No, no yawning, super... You know, no Jeb Bush, low energy, just fucking ready to go. And <laughs> it's all right. I got high. We do, we do tape these very late at night. And I always wonder, I'm like, Sean, you sure? Like, we could try to do this like during the day. I get up. Yeah. He's like, I get up pretty early. Sean gets up much no. earlier than I do. Yeah. Sean's fucking hitting no. the free weights and he's ready to take on the world. So I'm tied tie. Yeah. No, I'm normally like, I've normally been asleep for hours. Me too. Me too. I know. I know. It's nice. It's it's a wonderful thing to get extra sleep. I drank a beer. Fuck, that was good beer. Yeah, I had two actually. By the way, uh, shout out to my buddy Tyler, uh, who I work with, who lives in Wisconsin. Every time he comes home, brings me some Spotted Cow. So thank you, Tyler. I love Spotted Cow. I love it. I got got Uh, plenty so I can hook you up. Thank you. Uh, Tonight's was uh, Toppling Goliath. Oh, I love that one. That's one of my faves. That's good. It's a barrel-aged stout with natural uh, s'mores flavor. I like it. And let me just tell you, barrel-aged stouts are the shit. They're very good. Um, And if we were ever to secure a... uh, Sponsorship? Yeah, I tried. It didn't work. (laughs) Sponsorship? In beer, in beer from Tom. No, it was was a uh, distillery that saw I was drinking their booze, and they went... We really appreciate it, but we want nothing to do with politics. I'm like, eh, it's all right. So, <laughs> a little divisive, they said. I'm like, yeah, I don't blame you. It's all right. You probably don't want. I'm not divisive. Socialist Sean says divisive. social. I love how you refer to yourself as socialist Sean. <laughs> we're not we're divisive at all, but but we're not, not divisive, divisive. But fuck him, Reynolds. The right? Politicians are divisive. <laughs> I'm true. just talking about it. Honestly, we are just. I just want. Yeah, we're responding like that to beer the atmosphere. Was maybe the most expensive beer I've ever bought. Yeah, it's good. Though. Uh, it's delicious yeah toppling goliath for those toppling goliath's great um yeah. for many years yeah had the number one rated beer it's kentucky brunch uh-huh it's delicious uh, um i don't know if it's still a number one rated beer but like people will fly from brazil it's good so the way you get it is you have to go online and enter a raffle and then if you win the raffle you have yep. the ability in a short window to buy a ticket and the ticket gets you a specific time that you can drive up and pay like a hundred and some bucks and you get like a bottle. Yep. And then like a, a two ounce pour. And you can be like, oh, wow, this is great. Uh, awesome. It's delicious. And then you fuck off. And then like a shitload of people uh, in line behind you can get theirs. And there, it's a Kentucky Brunch is a bourbon barrel aged stout with like a coffee flavor. I love it. And this one is fantastic. I've had that one so, before. That's very good. Very, very good. Yes, it is delicious yes, this is my first time having this i've, I've never seen it um i was gonna tell you before we close i might be crafting my own beer in central city iowa later this year um Ooh, that'd be fun. you can actually decide like your favorite kind of beer and then you make a couple barrels of it and then you have like a little release party and stuff so i'm gonna i'm gonna maybe do that this uh all right this year so that'll be fun 
Let's go blind together. Yeah. Let's just fucking yeah. chug it and go blind. I always run into Sean grocery shopping, which is always fun. So it'll yeah. be fun to in the cheese area. Yeah, in the che- <laughs> specifically in cheese. the fancy cheese area. It's hmm. it's always wow. in the cheese area. Yeah, the shaman board is great this time of year. It's always the, the second time Sean's like, of course you had to bump into me in the cheese area once again. I was like, eh, it's all right. I get it. Totally makes sense. Forty dollars. I got like forty dollars yeah, of cheese in here. That's fine. Feels silly. No worries. All good. Feels silly. We're my wife and I like to have our, like um, our our evening. The kids just went to bed, and like our snack is like we slice fancy cheese. cheese. Yeah, that's good. That's good. It's fucking great. Yeah, it's I love it too. I my uh, better than like a chocolate bar. Oh, it is. Uh, my brother in law exposed me to the fancy cheese world a couple years ago, and I was like, ooh, that's I I was missing out. I fucked up. It's like a it's like a lemon honey one. Uh huh. Melts in your mouth. God damn, that's good. They're delicious. And then there's one that's like cheddar soaked in merlot yeah you won't shit for like three days but it's delicious that's the that's the best part so yeah i haven't done i haven't taken a dump since 2018 <laughs> i'm all i'm like, all backed up right now right? Cheese I want. Yeah. <laughs> whatever i'm just this all back our muscles this is i'm all backed up and objected up that's <laughs> all i've been eating since 2018 i haven't Listen, shit since everybody was freaking out everybody's freaking out in the beginning of the pandemic like oh god we're gonna get toilet paper. i don't need toilet I'm paper like, oh, wow. i haven't shit for three years i'm good this don't worry great. about it this is great <laughs> i don't have regular bowel movements what's your problem I have to just like flush the toilets now and again to make sure nothing goes dry. <laughs> Works out good. Just get a bidet. You're all, you're all set. All right, everybody. We will be back in two weeks to experience the Republican takeover of the House and possibly the Senate. And Sean will be thrilled the way he was. I think the last time I saw you really angry was uh, 2016. So, and then you weren't even that. You weren't even really spiking a football two years ago when when Biden won. So. Yeah, it's going to be fun. No, I was just like fucking good. Yeah, Sean just accepts fate, so it's going to be fun to watch that that one play out. So so come join us live on YouTube in two yeah. weeks. It'll be fun. It'll be a good time. We'll also, we'll open up the uh, the Discord channel uh, that night too, so people want to hop in and talk oh, to us. We'll do that as well. So there you go. Uh, definitely reach out to us on the Twitters. I am at Adam Uiowa. He is at Flyover Sean. Uh, podcast you can look up at flyover on anchor and of course we're on the youtubes flyoverpolitics.live or just search flyoverpolitics on the youtube like and subscribe it helps us we love it thank you very much and i will let sean close this podcast the way that he always does build some solidarity and think for yourself and follow us on twitter and twitch and not twitch we don't have twitch oh tiktok yeah we're on tiktok and tiktok at flyoverpolitics all right that makes everybody